G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, I did say today we have lots of controversial things to talk about. And let's address an issue now that's come to light out of the UK, where a judge in the UK has ordered that a woman who apparently had a surrogate child for a male homosexual couple has had to give the child to the male couple. Jenny Stokes from Salt Shakers back with us. Hello, Jenny. Welcome back to 2020. Always good to be back. Jenny, this is an interesting one because uh, surrogacy is one of those things that comes to light when you start to water down this definition of marriage uh, that we've been used to between a man and a woman for the protection of children. And again, this highlights something of the vulnerability of children here. Uh, What are your thoughts on this new case that's come out of the UK? Well, I think what you say about surrogacy, there's been a number of cases recently where, you know, children have been left behind because they've, you know, the parents didn't want that particular sex or they, you know, the child was disabled. So we've seen a number of those things happening, um, even when people have gone to clinics that, that supposedly specialise and they organise the women involved and so on. Um, in this particular case, it seems to have been a more sort of personal arrangement, a Romanian woman living in the UK um, had agreed with a homosexual couple to have a child for them and hand the child over. Um, she sort of claims that, well, she was always going to be involved in the bringing up of the child, so it wasn't the you know the standard what we see from overseas surrogacy happening at the moment. So this was, you know, a personal relationship, and of course without anything written down, it can be one word, one person's word against the others, and so on. So in the end, it. it Uh, went to court and the woman apparently was breastfeeding the child and was still looking after the child but it had come to a point where the the homosexual couple was saying well we want this child and we actually don't want you caring for the child on a full-time basis so it went to court and the high court judge actually ruled that the uh, the woman had to hand the child over to the homosexual couple and uh, so it brings up that whole issue of parent- parenting, of motherhood. Um, it just shows the flaws in such arrangements that, um, you know, to actually expect a woman to hand over a child. And, and often in other countries where there are surrogacy arrangements, there's always a clause that if the woman decides not to, then, you know, how do you actually deal with that? So in this case, the, obviously the couple weren't agreeing with the the woman and it went to court but the judge actually ruled that they should hand them over now she was claiming that the homosexual couple were um she used the term sexually disloyal in the court case but uh, as the media reported that was really that they were promiscuous or at least one of the, the couple was promiscuous and had other relationships and she said that that wasn't going to be a good environment for the child um the judge actually made a comment that well it seemed that she was actually using the two men to get another child for herself <laughs> so it always when it comes to the court case each side puts you know their own arguments and really the judge is left to decide well which which of the arguments that make you know I'll, I'll go with and uh, but i think the the downside of this is that the woman's had to hand over the child 
It certainly highlights the vulnerabilities of women uh, and anyone who might be involved in a surrogacy process. And as you say, there are formal processes that are happening in some places, and then there's these informal ones, and this one's found its way into the courts. We could talk some more about that, but I wanted to pick up on something you mentioned when you uh, said that word, Uh, that was about being promiscuous because the promiscuity here uh, between homosexual couples uh, has been brought out uh, significantly by uh, an article uh, that you've gleaned from Europe. Well, that's right. And a man called Milo Yiannopoulos, who's a homosexual himself, and he writes in Breitbart, which is an online magazine in, in, in England and Europe. But he actually sort of describes himself as a party-hard homosexual. He's often talking about homosexuality in the media. And he's written an article, you know, objecting to the bringing up of this child by the male homosexual couple. And he goes on to cite things like domestic violence, infidelity, dysfunctional home lives. And one of his phrases is, um, the fact is most gay relationships are not exclusive, whether by arrangement or cheating. A disproportionately high number involved domestic violence, a fact rarely reported on by the media, which prefers to depict gay relationships as glistening utopias full of rainbows, love, progressive politics and Britney Spears. And uh, so it's interesting that as a homosexual man who's well aware of the culture of the homosexual community has actually said, look, this isn't the best environment for a child. And they, they would be exposed to things like the domestic violence, the infidelity and so on. So when we hear about promiscuity in homosexual relationships, and promiscuity happens in heterosexual relationships too, but it does appear that when you've got homosexual people coming out and highlighting the fact that most homosexual relationships appear to be coloured by this level of promiscuity, it actually does cast a shadow over the idea of homosexual parents being great parents for children. Well, well, that's certainly right, and uh, and some of the research that's been done actually highlights that that children are exposed to that, and and certainly what we have now are a number of people who've been brought up in homosexual families, so by two mothers, two fathers, and they've actually spoken about the relationships that are happening. Um, sometimes, particularly more in lesbian relationships, it's often a serial relationship, uh, one after another, but often within a homosexual relationship, they've actually written about having you know male partners of their their father or whatever in the home, and you know, that, that can be quite disturbing for, for children. And so I think we're getting a little more understanding. And there's certainly been research done in Australia, um, the, what's called the SMASH reports or the Sydney Men and Sexual Health reports done by the official government organisations where they actually survey homosexual people about all sorts of things. And that includes um, their relationships. And the data actually shows we've got some of that listed on our website, but certainly the official uh, pages have the reports. And many of those actually... When they're asked, you know, do you have regular relationships? Do you have regular plus casual relationships? And many of them are actually ticking the regular plus casual or even just casual only relationships in terms of sexual relationships. So, you know, these are actually identifying for themselves what what they're about. So, and, and certainly the research shows that although heterosexuals have, you know, have some sort of you know, extramarital affairs and other things. The the number within homosexual communities is certainly higher, according to the research. Significant, though, when people who are, by their own admission, party-hard homosexual, uh, they talk about homosexuals as ordinarily and almost typically having a violent, 
uh, infidelity prone and dysfunctional home life. Uh, that does create some issues, doesn't it? Uh, if when we start to think about how uh, homosexual people might uh, pretend to be good parents. Well, well, that's right. Look, look, we've seen a number of people in the media and homosexual men who've had surrogate children, and they're talking about that. And I'm sure. The, the, I think the thing is to to remember too that it, in whatever issue that we're talking about, whether that's about Islam or homosexuality or anything else, that two two people, even two men, might say, "Look, we are actually really good dads to our our children." And there may be be cases, of course, where there isn't violence or um, infidelity in the home, but. What we're talking about here is actually about the research and uh, and certainly what a self-identified homosexual talks about in this case um, of what's in the community. So, you know, often there's there's those individual cases and we can't make, um, you know, rules or even our understanding on what, what might be a personal situation. And I think that's often a, a problem. We, we see people saying, oh, well, I've gone to a homosexual friend's wedding because they're a friend, you know, and, and I want to support them. Even though I don't support same-sex marriage, so you've got that sort of sort of thing. You know, we talk about the compassion aspect um, rather than actually seeing what's right or wrong and what's being able to sort of look at, even in this case, the overall research data that that shows you know particular results. And coming back to this young woman in the UK, she's given birth to a baby as a surrogate mother. Uh, the child then uh, ordered to be given up to. Uh, the homosexual couple, she's used a defence of saying these people are sexually disloyal uh, or promiscuous, uh, but the court has uh, overruled that. And in fact, the court's actually uh, now suppressing her identity, won't let her story be told. Well, that's right. All the identities in this particular case have been told, and sometimes that's for the protection of the child, so the child doesn't have the identity or this story happening even before they they start, uh, you know, at school and other things. So sometimes that's some for the protection of the child. So we've got the actual account of the story, but not not the names, and uh, and certainly that's that's the thing. Um, you know, the judge found that you know. Although she was saying that, then the, the homosexual men were saying, well, in fact, the judge actually ended up saying that she was using this situation to get another child, that she she had been married and divorced, she had a child, and she was just wanting another child, and she was using the men to do it. In the end, the judge sort of hears the stories and decides what they want to do. But, uh, you know, what we what we have here is, you know, a personal situation. We have to have the basics of the case, just those identities are suppressed. Certainly highlights some challenging issues on a number of different dimensions. Uh, Jenny Stokes, I'll point people to your website for more detail. Uh, Go to Salt Shakers, simply Google Salt Shakers, and you'll find lots of great resources there for understanding things that are going on uh, in our nation and throughout the world. Jenny Stokes, great talking to you. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.